Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar De Jesus, And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. In today's podcast, we're talking to Terry Arco from Hassa. We will talk about the recent reports in the media about the chlorine shortage. We will talk about Hassa's new liquidator, the new Hassa app. And yes, we will talk about the advantages of using liquid chlorine over other forms of chlorine. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool. <clears throat> yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, the PoolmanUniversity.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, all I have to say this morning is, T-G-I-F. T-G-I-F. <laughs> That's it. Are you hungry? That's all you got to say, just T-G-I-F? T-G-I-F. Thank, thank goodness it's Friday. John, good morning. Good morning. Oh, when you say T-G-I-F, I just think of food. You know, do you guys have <laughs> T-G-I-F out there in, in Texas? I don't know. It's a great question. I don't think so. I don't Actually, I, I don't think we have them, John. Yeah, really? Okay, well, we used to have one over here in our area. Not that they're good or anything, but um, it just reminds me of food. I, I love food. But um, I look at Fridays. I don't have Fridays because I work on Saturdays, so I don't I don't get a Friday, so I'm a little bummed. Um, so I, my, mine is more, thank God, it's tomorrow's Saturday. <laughs> is what? And then I look forward to, I look forward to my Sundays, but. Uh, anyway, I'm um, I'm actually doing pretty well this week. And when you're around people and you talk to people and you have friends, right? And you know, we Edgar Zach, you know that I talk to a bunch of different pool guys throughout the day, and you know, we're always on talking. People are asking questions, helping people out, you know, with different things as far as like you know, life, chemistry, pool business, repairs, and I just found out that apparently for the last like four like maybe three months or two months, I've been pretty much like a, I guess I was a, a crab ass apparently because on Wednesday, all the guys were like, everybody here, John, oh my God, he's in a great mood or he's back or something like that. And it just so happened to be that Wednesdays when I'm, um, when I was doing my, uh, doing my route, every pool I went to was like, I just left it the week before, you know, and it was back to normal, right? It wasn't one hour cleanups. It wasn't, 
you know, all hell breaking loose and I was chipper and happy mood and <clears throat> everything was great and beautiful. And I had my taxes that were supposed to get done. And I usually finish my days on Sunday at like, or I mean on Wednesday, the earliest, well, lately has been like 6.30ish. Um, but I've been doing like seven, so I'll leave at like six thirty in the morning and don't get home to like seven, seven thirty. But I had my tax appointment at three o'clock that day and I set a goal to be home by one and I actually made it home by one o'clock. So that's like five hours sooner than it's been for the last couple months. So I was in an excited mood, so I was pretty happy. If any of the guys out there are listening, my apologies for for being grumpy um the last couple months. Um, but thank you for uh for hanging in there with me. Um, but other than that, I'm glad to have Terry on. I always love having Terry on the podcast. He's, he's very down to earth, tells us how it is very knowledgeable and, and looking forward to talking to him about this, um, pool Armageddon, uh, fiasco that we have going on. Hey, just to let you know, John, just before yeah. we, we say hi to Terry here, I, while you were talking, I, I muted my mic Believe it or not, the headquarters for TGIF are actually here in Dallas. And yes, they're all over Dallas. <laughs> oh, they are? <laughs> That's how good they are. You didn't even know they exist. <laughs> I'm like, headquarters, Dallas. Oops. Yep. So yeah. we apologize. There is TGIF in, in, in Texas. So when you and Mama move to Texas, there'll be plenty of TGIFs to, to hit. Yeah. Terry, good morning. Hey, good morning, Edgar. Good morning, Zach, John. And uh, yeah, John, I grew up in Southern California, so I was very familiar with TGIF. It uh, was a yeah. good place back in the day. And uh, we moved up here to uh, lovely, sunny Seattle, Washington about 24 years ago. And uh, there was one about 20 miles from our house, so we were all excited. Uh, and uh, so it went there a couple of times, but it closed down and it's gone. So um, yeah. no TGIFs in Washington. It, it, it's never come yeah. up here. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. Guys, before we get started today, and Terry, I want to hear your story because I know it's kind of been a little crazy for you with this whole Pullmageddon kind of thing that's been going on. So we'll, get, we'll dive into that. Before we get started, I wanted to talk a little bit really quick about the Pool Nation Awards, and we have partnered with the International Pool Spot and Patio Expo out in Dallas, and we're going to be attending the show, me, Zach, and John. We're actually going to have a table there. We're going to do some live podcasts from there, and we're going to be holding the first Pool Nation Awards, and those are the Pool Pro Awards, and they're for you, the Pool Pro out there. And you guys are actually going to be the ones that are going to be voting and choosing the winners. In our live this last week on our Instagram live, John and I talked about the awards and the categories and stuff like that. And John, they gave us a lot of great categories that we hadn't even thought about and a lot of great feedback. So for you guys that are here today on the Insta chat, if you guys have any suggestions, please go ahead and type those in there because we're going to kind of finalize that list of categories and kind of go through them and try to finalize that list and kind of get that over to the website so we can start the nomination process with the voting. And so those are going to be held on the 17th of November at the convention center in Dallas. And it'll happen right after the floor closes for the day. So I think it's around 5.30 or 6 o'clock. And it's going to be held live right there at the convention center. So we'll give out more details as we kind of start to make a little bit of progress there. Terry, are you guys going to be at the show? 
Um, so it looks like we will be. Um, you know, the interesting thing about the international show is uh, they move around. Um, so sometimes it's in Orlando, Florida, or New Orleans, or wherever. So, so typically, Hasa is not always in. Uh, you know, we don't always exhibit in the show just because it, it's not in our region, and so sometimes it doesn't make sense to do that. But um, definitely with this one, and uh, I'm going to tell you, Edgar, definitely because you're going to be having the. Uh, Pool Man and the Pool Gal uh, awards going on. Uh, that Hasa is definitely wants to be behind that and support that. So, so we yes, we will have a presence at the um, the International Pool Spa Show in Dallas in November. That is so freaking awesome! That's exciting. Yes, Thank you, Terry. We appreciate yeah. that. We yeah, definitely appreciate that. So here, I want to just kind of we have our instant chat here, John. Zat, look at this. So we have Dean from Big Family Pool on the Insta chat, and he's like, dang, I want to vote Zach for best pool guy. And then John second that, Edgar most helpful. And uh, nothing for John, Dean? Nothing for John out there? By the way, I think I fall under the category of best looking. I'm the so best Marco let's kind of Polo, vote dude. For that I'm one. the best at Marco Polo. So he's saying he's apologizing now, John. So Dean, type us a message in here and tell us what you would give John. And we'll, we'll kind of... Nothing? <laughs> no, he wouldn't. I, I've already. I, uh, hey, Dean, I already deleted your uh, your, your number. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Look at this. He put on their best wife. Yeah, well, so that's, that's the cup. Sure. That, that's the cupcaker, sure. I guess. No, the cupcake. No, that's for sure. That's Jeez. for sure. No. That's for sure. All right, guys. So let's get going. Hey, Terry, a couple of weeks ago, the news went crazy with this whole Pullmageddon and all the media outlets picked it up and. The supposed story of this whole chlorine shortage in the pool industry, and as one of the outlets, they put it out there, and I, we were kind of going through the quotes because it was crazy how everybody picked it up. But one of the quotes, you know what? I'm kind of like a dog with a squirrel today. John, you up for a little challenge? Well, you know I am. I'm always ready. I'm, you, I'm, I'm just a little bit competitive, just a little bit. You, just so, a little bit competitive. Just a, just a so, little bit. Terry, I'm going to apologize because I started on this thing and kind of went left field on you really quick here. But you know what? I, I think we're going to do a little wager thing between me and John here for just a minute. So we went through and we found a lot of the headlines that they were putting out there. And Terry, they were kind of ridiculous with how the media outlets picked these up and just kind of ran with this whole Pullmageddon and the shortage and all that. So see, I'm kind of already getting my voice ready. John, let's do this. You, you have a deep radio voice. You kind of have the, the, the Godzilla voice with the bare face, right? So yes. here's what I want to do is I will grab one of those ridiculous headlines and I'll kind of put my best radio voice on. And then I'll challenge your voice to see how you do. And then we'll let the guys from the Insta chat choose who, uh, who has bragging rights do it are you on that that Let's took that took too quick of a turn there you you just lost focus and just <laughs> sidelined us <laughs> took us off the rails um but you know what like i want to be in this so don't leave me out oh, oh yes. dang <laughs> i'm liking this all right so here's what we're gonna do so i'll go first and i'll pull the first ridiculous headline and then all right we'll get john to go and then after that we'll get zach and so everybody will be able to vote uh terry uh you could probably be one of the judges on here too sure the problem is i went first and that was probably a bad idea so 
All right, you guys ready? John, here I go. So ridiculous headline number one, here it is. <clears throat> As homeowners start to prepare their pools for the season, they will face <laughs> widespread chlorine shortage. It's Pumageddon. <laughs> Holy cow, that was terrible. <laughs> oh, man, oh, I think I'm going to have sorry, to edit I, that out. Oh, that was I bad. I, I was supposed to be muted, but I wasn't. I think I laughed during your, your uh, my apologies. If oh, I threw you that off. was bad. Okay. Oh, I, I, just, I just ridiculed myself on that one. Oh, dang. <laughs> Go. Okay, this is a ridiculous headline nope. number two, right? No, no, no stress, no, no worries there, John. No, Go. Don't worry about it. The worst chlorine shortage the country has ever seen <laughs> is set to rock the summer's pool season. It's pool Mageddon. <laughs> okay, I was, that was the only like one that was bad. Music, that puts me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I was trying to stop like you remember you know you know you know previews nowadays aren't like they used to be for movies right but remember that guy who did the preview right every yes. world in a world where where soldiers fly blah blah blah, blah, blah you know what i mean jean claude van damme in Bloodsport or something like that you know what i mean i tried the same thing john but i like bombed it <laughs> yeah i think i think i screwed it up by trying to be <laughs> Trying to be the worst chlorine shortage in the country. So this is John. This is going to be awesome because if we both tanked it, I know that Zach ain't going to nail it. Shit. I don't know. Zach was muted and he was sitting there screaming at the top of his lungs to get his like throat all raspy and everything. Watch, he's gonna. Oh, I have tears coming out my eyes. Okay, Zach, it's all you, baby. Go. Okay, so ridiculous headline number three: Americans are caring <laughs> for summer. <laughs> But another shortage could crash the fun. It's he like pool Mageddon. I'm Batman. Dude, you sound like Batman. Like, which, which one was the Batman movie? Remember, just a horrible Batman voice. Oh, my God. All of them. All of them. There was one of them. I think it was. I can't remember which one it was. But, oh, my God. When I heard the Batman voice, it was just like so stiff. Oh, my God. Oh my god! <laughs> right, Holy cow! Oh, I got tears here. coming okay. out my eyes. That is, guys, this was just terrible. But that did sound like Christian Bale. It totally did. It did right? <laughs> oh, that's who it was. Thank you. I'm bowing, man. All right. So look, Dean. Dean is killing us here. He's. Uh, that's why I listen to podcasts so I can fast forward. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh God, guys! That I kind of played that in my head one way, and it come out. It came out in reality in a different way. That was bad. Hey, Terry, do you want in? Do you want to try your voice? I can give you a um, well. Uh, so uh, first of all, I'm just going to say to all three of you guys, uh, you know, don't give up your day job um, for sure. And uh, no, I, 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 uh, I absolutely am not going to try because uh, while while I may have a face for radio, I do not have a voice for radio. So, uh, no. Oh, man, guys, that was terrible. That's probably the, the worst beginning of our podcast ever. Oh, my God. Thanks, Edgar. I totally, played, I totally played it in my head that I could sound a lot deeper voice kind of thing. But 
I'm afraid to listen to that. So let, let's do yeah. this. Let's just kind of move on very quickly. And odds, um, on, odds kinda... on whether or not this is going to get cut out the, the oh. official podcast. Oh, I, yeah, I think that that's probably going to be a major cut out of this podcast when we go into post-edit because <laughs> that was that was who, bad. Who won? That's the question. Uh, I, I think we were all losers. Yeah, I'm going to say it was a three-way tie <laughs> from that aspect. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That all was right, bad. We'll all right, let's let's move on. All right, let's move on. So, Terry, I, I am going to apologize for that right off the bat because it was just that was terrible. So, no worries, um, guys. Let's try to do what we do better so that uh, we can make it up here to Terry. So, all right, back to business. So, Terry, let's start the podcast, and I want to jump right into that chat about the chlorine shortage. I think I just want to make it very crystal clear for everybody that's out there listening. I'll start with just a simple yes or no so that everybody has it clear. Is there a chlorine shortage? Yes and no. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> way I can really answer that. Um, yes, there's a chlorine shortage. And the chlorine shortage primarily uh, that is being experienced is trichlor tablets. Obviously, there's been issues with that that have been going on for, for actually quite a while, even, even before the Biolab fire there were some issues with trichlor tabs that just had to do with uh, supply, demand, some of the pandemic uh, situation that went on to where uh, some of the manufacturers and repackers or plants uh, were having to uh, either close down or, do, or delay and so forth. So, you know, there's no getting around it. Trichlor is and has been probably the most popularly used form of chlorine, especially for residential pools. So widespread, you know, use and the uh, supply begins to kind of slow down and dry up. And at the same time, prices begin to, to eke up as well. So then you throw the fire in at Biolab, uh, which is the uh, largest uh, America maker of trichlor tabs. And I think uh, it's been in the area of 40 to 60 percent supply in the U.S., and uh, also there were tons of uh, stock uh, on hand that, that burnt up. So a lot of supply instantly dried up. From that standpoint, yes. If you're trying to get trichlor tablets or the trichloroformer chlorine, there is a shortage. So where the no is, the no is that there are still many uh, different forms of chlorine or ways to sanitize the pool. And that includes liquid chlorine. That includes Cal Hypo. That includes uh, salt chlorine generators and, uh, you know, just various alternative systems that you can get by with less chlorine and so forth. So from that aspect, no, there's not a chlorine shortage there. To the pool guy out there that uses chlorine or is looking for a form of chlorine, they're not going to have any problems finding chlorine this, this summer. Well, I don't want to say that. I mean, I don't want to paint this thing with rose-colored glasses, you know. It's going to be hard. So when I say, and I actually, I, I wrote a blog and I wrote an article that went out and it's really interesting. I think, I don't know, maybe, maybe I have some prophetic in me or something because this was, I think I wrote this blog about three weeks before this big news blast hit. And the, the title of my blog was, there's not a chlorine shortage, there's a trichlor shortage. And I kind of went through in the article explaining, you know, what was going on and so forth. 
But as a part of that article, I did say that, you know, even though, yeah, sure, there's a lot of Cal Hypo available, right? Um, there's a lot of liquid available still. But the problem is, and the problem becomes where there can be some difficulty, is everybody begins to make that shift. So a lot of people start, you know, if they were using uh, trichlor more so, and they're like, well, I'm just switching to liquid. Okay, well, now that places a little more demand at the distributor, you know, ups the, uh, you know, the supply demand and so forth. And uh, so um, it's available. And certainly from Haas's standpoint, you know, we're, we're cranking out. We're cranking out, you know, the juice day in and day out. Uh, we've, you know, expanded our, uh, all of our manufacturing schedules. And, um, you know, we're going pretty much almost around the clock producing to meet the demand. But things, you know, other things happen. There's shipping situations, those kinds of things. So things might get slowed down, you know, maybe uh, a truckload doesn't get to your distributor on Monday because of various reasons. So it doesn't show up till Tuesday. So I think that on that end, the other forms of chlorine, there's certainly supply is available, but there could be some hiccups. There could be some difficulties because of shipping, because of packaging, because of delays from, from other standpoints, because it's sort of the world we're in right now. So that's important to understand. Okay. So, and you kind of touched on it, but so what's the real situation with chlorine in the industry and what was all the chat about? So the chat was primarily about the fact that there's a shortage in trichlor and chlorine tablets. You got to keep in mind here that the mainstream media and the mainstream news that's going out there is primarily, you know, it's going to the general public. And uh, if you kind of just take the general public, and I'm not talking about pool pros, you know, who certainly know more, but, you know, somebody who, let's just say they have a pool and uh, they're not using a pool pro, they're doing it themselves or whatever. They're basically accustomed to they go to a big box place every, you know, season and pick up the, you know, 500 pound bucket that's for sale or whatever, you know, during the season and it's tablets and it's probably mostly trichlor tablets. So sort of the general population overall, I think when you talk about pool chlorine, they're thinking tablets. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. You know, 100%. And so I think the media folks reporting this sort of, they perceived and interpreted that the same way as, you know, hey, there's no chlorine for pools because chlorine in pools is tablets. And so we're going to just generally blanket that there's a chlorine shortage. Nobody's going to be able to get any chlorine because of these tablets being gone. And uh, I think even some of the people they interviewed in these articles, you know, and I don't know whether they were quoted or misquoted or, or how that went, but a lot of what was said uh, was giving the indication that, you know, it's going to be hard to get any form of chlorine at all, and it's going to be very dire. And I don't think it's going to be very dire. I think that, you know, certainly if you're trying to get trichlor tabs, either as a homeowner or as a pool pro, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough or it's going to be expensive. Now, I've heard of some places, I've had guys contact me and gals who have said, you know, or, or even wholesale distribution who's saying, you know, yeah, we're okay. We've got a pretty good supply of tablets. But here's the caveat to that. They're expensive. They've gone up 200% in price. That's kind of what that is with, with the tablets. But on the other end, you know, liquid, CalHypo, these other forms uh, are still readily available. 
and there has been some increase of price on those, and that's related to a lot of other things, but it hasn't been anywhere near what the, what the tablets have gone up. We've actually started experience getting phone calls from consumers reaching out to us looking for tablets. And, you know, we're primarily tablets in this market. So it's like we can't we can't sell anything to the public. But so I think from that, we can see that it's starting, you know, it really is starting to get hard around here. But, you know, I just want to clarify. So currently liquid chlorine is is available. It's absolutely available and from the standpoint of Hasa, um, yes, a- absolutely available. And um, as I said, we're, uh, you know, we've expanded our production schedules and uh, everybody's working and even our shipping. We're right now, we're hiring extra drivers, things like that. There's a lot of things that play into this too. You know, like one thing, I don't know if a lot of people realize, but right now there's a shortage of shipping containers. I think I read somewhere that for every one shipping container that the U.S. gets, there's three that go back, you know, offshore. There's just so many things going on that are kind of putting a little bit of a cog in the wheel. So I think we have to just right now in this time, we have to sort of learn to be a little more patient and we have to plan ahead and we have to kind of do some due diligence in what we're doing and getting things. And the other thing I, I think I would say to this too is what doesn't help hopefully this won't happen too much or people won't get too crazy. If everybody panic and you just start to hoard or, or do that kind of thing, because then that just creates a whole you know, different set of problems. We're definitely living in different times. And my, my wife did talk about that, Terry, with the shortage of the containers out there. But, you know, you can constantly hear in the news, you know, we're dealing with this gas issue now, right? So the pipeline back east, and then you have everybody just kind of going out and hoarding. And so I think since the pandemic started, and and it's like you were saying with the toilet paper, it began, it's just been one thing after the other. And people, I think now more than ever are just kind of going out there and they're just trying to hoard and get as much as they can so that they don't have that problem. It'll be interesting going in, John, Zach, I think one of the things that we continue to hear is that we really need to change our business model. And that is that you kind of have to be a lot more proactive into preparing for what's coming in the future rather than the typical thing where we've been, where we could just kind of go get whatever we want whenever we want. So Terry, let me ask you this. Is your production 100%? Are you guys expected to have full production at least through the summertime, through the summer busy season? Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I'm uh, basically, uh, from my standpoint and aspect, I check in with the plants pretty much every day. And uh, everybody's telling me, you know, it's 100, it's 110%. I mean, they're really working to keep everything going, keep supply going. You know, a, a big part of, as you know, with Hasa is we have the, um, the deposit program going on. And, uh, you know, we actually, at the beginning of all this, we got proactive. And this, I'm talking about the beginning of the pandemic and so forth, because we do from time to time get new cases, new bottles brought in into the recycle system there. We have to do that from time to time, but we, we actually did some extra ordering and made sure we were going to be good on supply of, of the new um, so that there would be no gaps in the recycle program um, from that standpoint. And I think a big part of why Hasa has been able to continue su- supply during all of these difficulties 
is just that we had that recycle program to where, you know, we weren't having to depend so much on cardboard, uh, you know, plastic wrapping, all these kinds of things that are really in short and difficult supply right now and take a long time to get. So, you know, through our deposit program, we're just able to kind of keep things going and we can even increase that some uh, because we plan for it. Terry, last week we talked about, uh, we talked to Albert Miller and uh, Kevin Bulling from Hayward and we spoke of some of the issues that are affecting the industry. We spoke about the logistic issues and the raw materials. I know you touched on like the container issues and you talked a little bit about the recycling program that you guys have with the bottles and stuff, but are you having any of those kind of issues or anything else in regards to logistics and raw materials? Overall, so far we aren't. It's beginning to, we're beginning to see, um, you know, in some of the cases and, you know, we do, um, Hasa does make, you know, non-deposit. We have non-deposit products. We have dual pack of chlorine, dual pack acids. Those come in cardboard boxes. They're wrapped in plastic wrap, that kind of thing. So obviously that sort of material is getting a little more difficult, or I shouldn't say maybe difficult to, to get. It's just taking longer to get it. I would say that's probably out of anything that's going on, that's, that is probably about the only issue we're seeing so far is that things are taking longer. It's taking longer for us to get supply. Um, but so far, getting the supply and having the supply has not been a big issue for us at this point. Do you guys use any raw materials from overseas that would potentially slow Haas's ability to produce corn? For the most part, no, we don't. The majority of everything we get, at least when I'm talking of producing liquid and producing acid, those things, it's all primarily readily available in the U.S. And we actually are, are set up. And, uh, in fact, we have a plant up in, uh, it's in the Washington State, uh, Longview, Washington. That particular plant, and this gets into a little bit about of liquid manufacture, so I don't want to bore you with that, but we actually have the raw materials provider is uh, about a block away from where our production plant is. So, um, you know, we're actually able to get the uh, uh, sort of our raw materials uh, that we get, which is uh, basically when you're making what we call in the pool industry liquid chlorine. Um, it's actually not liquid chlorine. That's a little bit of a misnomer. What, what we're selling and what we're putting out there is liquid sodium hypochlorite. And as a part of the liquid sodium hypochlorite, there's pure liquid chlorine in there. So we have a plant that actually produces that pure liquid chlorine uh, at our Longview plant. And it's, uh, it's uh, like I said, less than a block away from where our plant is. So the stuff's right there. It's pretty seamless. And uh, for our other plants across the U.S., I mean, we're in contact with, you know, U.S. chloralkali producers, you know, the guys that are producing from salt and making the liquid chlorine, and then they're shipping the pure liquid chlorine to us. And, um, you know, we're able to, uh, you know, put out the liquid sodium hypochlorite product that we put out. That being said, if we run in short supply or something like that, we may look offshore to see that, that we can kind of keep the supply in stock. But that's something that's only done as a contingency. It is not our, um, it's not our regular model. Terry, let me ask you, what, one of the chatters that you always hear the pool guys talk about is, and I don't know if they're just kind of stories or conspiracy theories or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> but 
there's always this, oh, well, Hasa doesn't have enough plastic bottles or oh, they don't have enough cases or any of that kind of stuff. So is that the case? Do you guys have obviously thinking, hey, we're kind of going into this demand where you're going to end up using a lot more liquid because there isn't the try or the tabs. Do you guys have enough? Is that part covered that you guys set there? Yeah, I feel it is. As I pointed out, we really upticked and getting some new cases, bottles, all that kind of stuff in supply to all of our plants uh, when this whole pandemic thing kind of hit to begin with, because we felt that we could get overrun to where there's some gaps and that could slow things down. So we tried to account for what could happen there. The other thing I want to point out is, since we're talking about the offshore or, or whatever, that sort of thing, our cases and our bottles are all made in the U.S. And uh, actually, they, they're, they're made at a company which is actually in Los Angeles. In fact, we just, I was just talking with somebody the other day. We, just, we have another order with them for some more cases and more bottles that are going through and, and being produced, and we're getting those. So, so far, you know, as I said, we have not. And the thing about plastic supply, too, which, uh, you know, this kind of goes more to our operations and so forth I do here. You know, we have several suppliers that we work with. So if one supplier is kind of strapped, we go to another supplier and say, you know, um, hey, usually somebody's got plenty of what the raw material we need for making those cases and making those bottles through our, um, you know, through our manufacturer in L.A. So, so far, it's all been good. And, and we're not seeing that that's going to be an issue. Are you guys seeing a trend where the industry is switching to liquid chlorine use over tablets? Yes. Absolutely, indeed. And I can just tell you that from the standpoint of, I think, just me personally, my uh, calls, my emails, my texts, everything that I get that's coming to me has increased, I want to say, probably more than doubled from what it usually is. And it's all in relation to guys, gals, pool pros with questions about liquid, questions about uh, the differences with liquid to tablets. How do I switch over? What do I do? Obviously, you know, we have a liquidator feeder and um, we have this new Hasa liquid feeder HLF, which we're going to talk about later, which is coming out. And the increase in questions, demand, you know, just everything that has to do with either the liquid chlorine and the feeders has probably tripled in the responses we're getting from people or people wanting to know more about it. So from that aspect, I think, yes, I think liquid is probably the popular choice over tablets right now. And, and I know there's other things too. And, and Cal Hypo, it would probably depends on what area you're into. Cal Hypo, maybe, you know, in certain areas, that might be the more popular choice. But I can tell you from our standpoint and our aspect and what we're seeing and the response that's coming into us, people are, are switching to liquid a lot. And you're saying that you're seeing like three times? I'm talking about just what's coming into us as far as uh -huh. questions and how to's and, and where do I get uh, all those things. Yeah. It, it's gone through the roof. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of demand over the summertime. Zach, I know you have a couple of questions and I think we want to talk a little bit from the educational side and maybe talk exactly about that, about the liquid and, and the pros and the cons and why they should use it over other forms. But let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors and then Zach, I'll let you jump in when we come back on the other side. 
The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. We talk about the metrics, we talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Terry Arco from Hassa. We're talking liquid chlorine. We're talking about all the chatter about the chlorine shortage. And we are ready to kind of jump into a couple questions, Terry, about the chemistry side of liquid chlorine. So I'm going to let Jack, uh, Jack, oop, I called you Jack, Zach. Jack, Jack's the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> look, before we get started, look. Zach, I'll let you go. Go ahead, John. What were you going to say? No, I was going to ask Terry what he thought about Edgar's infomercial at the end there. Did you hear Edgar's little um, commercial that he did? It's a little insight. Yeah, that we I have. thought it was great. Fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty, uh, pretty it's exciting. Point. Yeah, it is very much is. We, we have the next class tomorrow. I'm kind of excited about that. We added a couple of things to the training class. So as it goes, it's going to get a lot better. I think it's a great, it's a great service to the whole industry, that whole subject. I think it's great. Terry, for the next question, I know that we have talked about this before on the Instagram Live, 
But let me ask you this for our audience here. Why should I use liquid over any other forms of chlorine? I think, number one, I go through all these points, and uh, this is kind of my rhetorical one. I say because it's liquid, number one, first of all. So because it's liquid, it's going to act faster, more immediate. It doesn't have to dissolve, you know, like tablets or granular or so forth have to. It's ready to go. So that's probably the best uh, aspect of it. Secondly, um, because it's a hypochlorite, it does not contain any byproducts like cyanuric acid. So there's no uh, hidden uh, sort of increase from CYA. And it also, like calhybo, it does not contain calcium, which is going to increase your uh, hardness. And um, high levels of calcium you know, can eventually contribute to the formation of calcium carbonate scale or calcium phosphate scale as well. So um, that's a big one, the byproducts. And I think uh, it, it does have a byproduct that we know about, but I think as compared to the other forms of chlorine, the, the byproducts left behind from liquid is probably one of the most inert and one of the least, I guess, uh, you know, uh, damaging ones that's going to be put in there uh, overall from the standpoint of draining. And even if you're with a public pool where you might have regulations of CYA and calcium levels and so forth. There's that standpoint, and it's going to give you, out of all the, at least the dry forms, like calhypo, trichlor, pound per gallon uh, or gallon per pound, if you want to say, you're getting the most free available chlorine, uh, and you're getting the highest percentage of pure chlorine from liquid chlorine. And lastly, I'm going to say, and you can certainly do your research online, you can do your research in uh, Bob Lowry's books and so forth, he shows that cost per use, liquid is the most uh, inexpensive form of chlorine to use for what you get. So Terry, we hear the talk about, you know, obviously pounds of pure chlorine. Can you, can you explain that a little bit on the pounds per pure chlorine? Sure. Basically, everything is compared to, first of all, uh, let me start off by saying, so if you've got uh, liquid chlorine or Hassa Santachlor, or you've got trichlor tablets, or you've got calhypo tablets, Anybody that looks at the labels, it's pretty obvious uh, just if you look at the labels and see the percentage that you should know or you could figure, this is not pure chlorine, obviously. It's not 100% pure chlorine. In fact, the only form of chlorine that is 100% pure is gas chlorine. In one pound of gas chlorine, I mean, basically, you've got 100% pure chlorine. So the other forms are only compounds. So these are chlorinating compounds that incorporate some pure chlorine in the formula, but none of them are 100% pure. So with any of these, basically, the amount of pure chlorine that's in these, they're going to be compared to chlorine gas and how that is figured. If we look at liquid, and the difference with liquid is Hassa, for example, being a 12.5%. Uh, the Santa Claus is 12.5%. Um, and that can seem like everyone can look at that and say, well, that's a low number compared to 90% trichlor or 65% calhypo, so it must be weaker. But that's just a misunderstanding of the fact that we're comparing a liquid to a solid. And with a liquid, the weight, the percentages, everything are done in volume. It's done with atomic weights. So that's different from gravitational weights like with dries. So that means a big difference even in the percentage uh, and how that's read. So what it comes down to basically is in a gallon of Hassa, 12.5%, you've got 1.25 pounds of pure chlorine in that gallon. 
And if you wanted to compare that to trichlor and trichlor, you've got, let's just say two trichlor tabs, which would equal a pound. There's 0.9 pounds pure chlorine in those uh, two tabs. And with 65% cal hypo, you're getting uh, 0.65 pounds. So the highest percentage of pure chlorine that you're going to get is going to come from 12.5% liquid chlorine. Can I ask, I want to make sure I'm understanding that right. So it was in one gallon was, did you say 2.25? 1, 1.25. 1.25. Okay. And yes. then in two yeah. tabs, you have point, point 0.9. So really point zero you're looking nine. at 0. 0.09. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. I just wanted to clarify that because that's a pretty, pretty good difference right there. Yeah. Especially got, when we're guys, figuring cost. That's a little bit. Uh, chemical and chemistry and, um, you know, that sort of thing. But I think where really the rubber meets the road is if you're looking at, you know, what is the free available chlorine that you're going to get in 10,000 gallons from a gallon of 12.5%. And again, because of the difference in how liquid is, is basically labeled, it's labeled as a trade percent because it's a volume measurement. It's not a dry measurement like tablets or granular. You're actually what the percentage is on that label. So 12.5%. If you see 12.5% on the on the gallon label, what that's telling you is that gallon is going to give you 12.5 ppm of free chlorine in 10,000 gallons. If we compare that to a pound of cal hypo, 65% cal hypo is going to get you 7.7 .7 ppm free available chlorine. And a pound of trichlor or two trichlor tabs will give you 11 ppm. Again, if we're going to go pound per gallon, which everybody seems to do, you're going to get the most free available chlorine from a gallon of liquid in 10,000 gallons. Uh, and again, this being done in comparison to gas chlorine or a pound of gas chlorine in 10,000 gallons, you get the most from liquid. I want to step back. You were talking about byproduct for liquid chlorine, adding it into the pool. And I kind of want to just let everybody know the big one is salt, right? Adding salt into the pool. And it's about what? About a pound of salt per gallon of chlorine. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I know sometimes when you say that and everybody's like, woo, a pound of salt, you know. From, well, it's nothing. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and well, and there's a big misnomer too that, that hey, I'm, when, I, when I'm pouring this gallon, I'm pouring a, salt, a pound of salt like you're going and getting a bag of Morton and just pouring it straight in the pool, yeah. which is not, not at all what's, what's going on here. I mean, first of all, you're using a very beneficial sanitizer. And so it's, it's doing its work. It's sanitizing. It's oxidizing. It's keeping you know, the quality of that water good and everything. And as a result of sort of the cycle of all that taking place, the end result is going to be some sodium chloride left behind as TDS. But I can also say if you look at any chemical that you're going to add to the pool, most of the chemicals you use are, have some form of a salt in them. Uh, and the majority of TDS that's left in your pool is some form of sodium or some form of salt, which is pretty, you know, non-detrimental overall. Where the detriment comes in is if you are contributing to total dissolved solids with, say, CYA or with calcium, which both of those increase total dissolved solids as well, but also 
you're increasing CYA, you're increasing calcium, you know, levels as well. And that leads to, you know, having to drain more and, and be aware of some of those uh, detriments that come from the other byproducts. Terry, I want to ask, what is the shelf life of liquid in the sun and out of the sun? Yeah, so we, um, we've gone through this uh, before and I've stated this. And, uh, you know, certainly we want to be absolutely transparent. That's if we were going to talk about pros and cons of liquid, we would say definitely one of the cons is, uh, you know, liquid degrades. I always kind of compare it to uh, it's a milk run. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like milk. It has somewhat has an expiration date and, you know, you, uh, how you store it and use it, you want to you be aware of that. Basically, this comes from White's Handbook of Chlorination, talking about liquid chlorine reaching a half-life or a half-strength. And so if, if you take 12.5% and you're going to say it's going to, to where it's going to degrade down to half of its strength, which would be like, like 6.2 or a little over 6%, uh, which is pretty much that's what you would get off the shelf at, at a market or whatever, the bleach that you're getting at that point. In 75 degrees, that process is going to take about six months in 75 degrees. And again, temperature plays a big part in, in the degradation of liquid chlorine. So when we go up to 95 degrees, in 95 degrees, that liquid is going to hit its half-life or half-strength just under two months. So it's a lot more rapidly as the temperature increases, obviously. This is why, you know, we say, particularly in season, when guys ask about, you know, well, <clears throat> how much can I get or how much can I store? And this gets into, I guess, even if somebody was going to try and hoard or whatever, probably not a real good idea with liquid because, you know, over time it's going to degrade and it's going to lose its strength. And I, you know, I always say if you're, if you're getting liquid in season and, you know, in those summer months when it's, when it's hotter and warmer, I would not buy more than a two week supply, you know? And then again, if you're storing it, try to store it out of the sun um, if at all possible. You were just talking about this, Terry. So liquid chlorine, the, the Hasa liquid chlorine, is that going to be the same as, it's not going to be the same strength as obviously the household bleach, right? Oh, not at all. Absolutely. So <clears throat> you, can, you can get forms. I think the highest form that you can get if you went to Home Depot or, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the big box sort of stores like that, you could probably find an 8%, which is kind of an institutional type brand. But the majority of what you get at the um, grocery store, it could be anywhere from 3 to 6%. Uh, and the typical most average is 6%. But, you know, they have a lot of stuff now where they're adding, you know, no splash chemicals or they're adding fragrances or these kinds of things. So not really the best ideal to try and, you know, buy a, something off the shelf at a supermarket. And um, I think you could use that in your pool because it probably wouldn't get you the best, the best protection as far as chlorine goes. Okay. Can I, can I add something to that? Uh, sure. I think this is great information in the situations that we often face where you have a homeowner that wants to compare pricing and they talk about, well, I can go down to Walmart and I can get a case of this for X amount of dollars or whatever. It's this information is what matters, right? Because then we can combat that 
that situation where they are trying to, you know, compare costs and things like that by explaining to them why that's a bad idea or why it's so much cheaper. And then, you know, oftentimes close that sale or get them to go with you and purchase your liquid chlorine. Yeah. And I, you know, that's a really good point, Zach. And I kind of, this was in my head a little earlier and I wanted to point it out too, because this is another thing I'm hearing about when they talk about the shortage of tablets, even if uh, um, maybe a pool pro is talking to their customer and saying, you know, Hey, I can't get, you know, the tablets I've been using anymore or whatever. And maybe the homeowner like kind of just gets impatient or they take it on themselves to where they, they go down to somewhere like Walmart or who knows where where they're selling Cal Hypo tablets and they think, well, I can get chlorine tablets here. I'm going to go get them there. They kind of take it on themselves and, and they take that uh, Cal Hypo tab and they throw it into a trichlor feeder or put it into a, uh, you know, a floater. That's something I think we really, all of us as pool pros, we really, really need to be on our toes and we really need to be watching for that. You know, even ourselves, we, we, we need to, you know, God forbid, we're not going to put a Cal Hypo tab into a trichlor a feeder uh, or a floater because that'll create an instant rocket that's going to launch into your neighbor's backyard and probably blow up their bushes. So Terry, let's talk about the new uh, Hossa liquidator. Uh, can you talk to us sure, a little bit about that? To. So it's exciting too. You know, I, I'm getting more and more excited about this thing as it goes along because I've, I've been on the project for, for two years and, you know, basically a lot of guys are familiar or know about our liquidator. And we just, we were looking at the liquidator and felt like it was pretty old. It was pretty tired. It was kind of an old seventies idea and design. And we just wanted to come out with something that was really um, big improvement from that. Something that would be really great for uh, being located with the equipment, looking more like a part of the equipment, um, being more functional, being more easy to install and more easy to operate uh, and maintain. And so that was kind of the uh, impetus behind uh, this new Hassa liquid feeder. Uh, so we're calling it the Hassa liquid feeder. And the acronym that we use for it is uh, the HLF. So I think maybe that'll catch on. But some of the differences, number one, as I was just talking about with degradation, obviously these things can sit in backyards where there's a lot of sunlight and maybe some of, some of these backyards are in, the, are in the hot sun pretty much all day long. And uh, that can be a concern with the uh, UV and the heat from, uh, from the sun uh, degrading the liquid that's in the unit. So we came up with one idea that we came up with was to actually make this a dual, a dual tank uh, or a double tank design so that uh, you have more protection from the UV then the chlorine is, is going to actually even last longer from that standpoint. So that's one of the improvements we did. So it's actually kind of a, a kind of, it, it's got a reservoir container and then there is a, another cover that goes over the top of that uh, and protects it from that standpoint. It's got a, a really easy now, we, ma we made it as far as filling it, pretty foolproof, uh, pretty safe from the standpoint of, uh, there's no way that a kid can get in or get in, have access to the chlorinated uh, water or anything like that. So, so that was one of the other designs. The flow designs, the flow controls, the hookups, uh, everything we made much more seamless, much more easier. So really a simple to use automatic feeder. It's non-electrical. Installation's really easy. It runs off of the filter. And this is another thing too that I just, kind of wanted to, because I've gotten some questions and uh, I actually had one 
a pool pro who contacted me and said he had an inspector that told him that he couldn't hook up a or the technology of uh, this feeder uh, wouldn't work on the pool because there was no interlock. They were concerned about liquid being introduced into the pool if the power went off. Uh, well, the way this is set up and designed, if the power goes off, if the pump's not on, there is no chlorine being put into the pool. It works off of the hydraulics of the pump completely. The other thing I've heard out there too, that's which, which is beginning to sort of bubble up, is there's been some rumors or people saying because of the way that this is installed uh, and because you have the outflow tubing that goes in in front of the pump, there's people, there's been concerns raised about you're going to damage the pump or you're going to ruin the pump or you're going to void a warranty to the pump. And that's a misnomer and that's a complete misunderstanding of the technology of, of what's going on here because I think the thinking or the misunderstanding there is that we're pumping straight liquid chlorine in front of the pump, which is not true. The way the unit works, it takes pool water from the pool and it blends the liquid inside the feeder with the water. So it's, it's a dilution. And that dilution that's going out and being fed in front of the pump has no higher of a PPM than, than normal pool water in many cases. So I want to, I really want to bring that point out because I know that that rumor has sort of been <laughs> going out there uh, in the industry uh, from that standpoint. It's very easy to operate, no additional electricity. You're, again, you're getting that best cost per savings per use. And it also, this is the technology that Haas has had for a while, but the way this unit works is that it actually does pull some of the uh, calcium out of the water, so it softens the water, and you get uh, basically just some calcium salts in the bottom of the unit, which are cleaned out usually once or twice a year. It's going to be a great little unit, and uh, we're looking to launch about the second week of June, and we feel like it's going to really just take off. I just posted a couple pictures on the Instagram for... Pool Nation podcast. So if you guys want to check out what it looks like, it actually looks pretty cool, Terry. I, I like the design of it. It's a, a definitely a, a huge improvement in looks over the uh, the old liquidator model for sure. Right. Yeah, it does look really cool. I, I like it. There's two questions here in the chat. One of them says, what is the capacity of the container? Designed to hold up to a maximum of eight gallons of liquid. And guys, if you look at the design, you can see how now it's completely like blacked out. So it, it really has a lot more protection for the sun. And then the mm -hmm. next question, Terry, was, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, what are the dimensions of the HLF? I can give you rough dimensions. It's much more um, conducive to being put on near the equipment or on the equipment. The height of it is just under three feet. It's actually, I think, more like about a little over two and a half feet high. And it's about, I want to say, just a foot, about a foot and a half or so wide. Not a lot of space. It's pretty compact. Yeah, it's definitely compact. Joel, go to the Instagram page. You'll be able to see a couple of the pictures there. Jay, too, you'll be able to see it. I, I do even like, Terry, the little door that you have on the old one it was just the whole top of it you just kind of poured right. through that big 
and now it has yeah. a little compartment door where you can kind of pour it in through there and stuff like that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And that was a lot of that too, was um, it was for safety from one aspect, but the other aspect too, is that what we found was, you know, uh, with the existing liquidators, just got that big square lid that opens up and everything's right there. And we found that a lot of folks or uh, pros would just take a gallon and just kind of pouring it straight in that big wide mouth. And what was happening is, as I pointed out, you do get some calcium salts that accumulate in the bottom because it's pulling some of that out. You know, guys, gals, whatever, in a hurry, they just kind of pour a big glug into this big mouth and it gets to the bottom and splashes and stirs all that stuff up. And then there's a chance that that can go into some of the lines or some of the fittings and, and can cause some clogging. So that was another, you know, we realized that issue and we wanted to kind of address that. And so by pouring it in to this um, opening lid here with a funnel and, and then the tubing going down, uh, it slows down the pour, uh, makes it a lot safer, and then you don't get that stir up either in the bottom. Definitely check those pictures out. I think you're going to dig it. And then you said it was mid-June that it's coming out, Terry? We're shooting for second week. We're hoping sec by second week. You know, we initially, um, our announcements were all, all we were really hoping for mid-May um, this, you know, in this month. But again, we're, we're in the uh, type of world that we're in. So parts and things like that uh, did not arrive as quickly as, as we wanted to. So it slowed a lot of things up. But everything's looking good now. We've got the units beginning to be produced. Uh, we've, th this is another thing I do want to point out. I think I've been involved in a lot of uh, product development projects. And I think uh, out of all the product development projects I've been involved in, we've done more testing uh, on this unit than any other unit I know of to, to say, you know, what happens if this happens? We're thinking ahead, you know, what happens if this happens or, or this could happen? And so we're, we're testing every aspect of this thing just to make sure that it's going to be foolproof and uh, it's going to be, you know, really uh, fully operational and high performance. Terry, I want to ask, there's a lot of cool products on the market and, you know, just, we have a lot of guys in the field and we're growing. And some of the things that I look at are like, what are the maintenance tasks required for a piece of equipment? And I'll give you an example sure. with like a UV system. I think they're great. I think it'd be a great addition, but at the same time you have uh, tasks that need to be done on a certain frequency, like cleaning the bulbs or the, the sleeves and changing the bulbs and stuff like that. What <laughs> are some of the, if any, what are some of the, the things with like the new liquidator that we would want to do as routine maintenance to the unit to make sure that it continues to work properly? Yeah, that's a really good question. Thanks, Zach. And I, I would say, I, I mentioned it already, but I would say primarily the, the biggest maintenance thing or, or uh, you know, concern is going to be that you, particularly depending on if you're in more of a hard water area as well, is you're going to, you're going to get that accumulation of some calcium salt flakes in the bottom of the unit. Oh, and by the way, this is one of the improvements we made on the unit because in the old unit, you would have to, um, you know, take a bucket or something to drain the water or whatever out of it by hand. 
you would have to reach down with maybe a cup or a shovel or something to try and get the stuff out of there. It was really cumbersome and it was really hard. So that's one of the improvements we made on this unit too, is we put a bottom drain in it and we've got a bottom drain fitting in there that you could actually hook a hose into and you can, you know, you could hose out the unit uh, through that bottom drain uh, and it would be a lot easier to, to, to clean out that material. And I'm saying that's probably a once to twice a year, depending on where you're at and what your hardness is at, something that you would need to do. The only other things I would say is, and, and we've really, really done a lot to kind of protect the tubing from sunlight and that kind of thing. But, you know, I would say tubing, you know, uh, over time is going to obviously get kind of oxidized or dried. So there may be some tubing replacement that's needed every few years, possibly. And the last thing I'll say is um, in real hard water areas, uh, you can get some calcification of some of the uh, fittings and, uh, and even some of the tubing. And that could be a situation where you might need to do a, um, an acid wash of um, some of the fittings. Uh, you take a, you know, like a 20, uh, 20 parts of water to one part muriatic and, and wash those out and put them back. Um, that could be a possibility as well. We also are what we found in that situation, and particularly in high calcium hardness areas, is if somebody uses a sequestering agent, um, that definitely reduces um, that situation from occurring. Now, let's talk a little bit about the HASA app, the new HASA app that you have out, Terry. Yes, we have a um, HASA Rewards app. Um, and basically, if you just go to your app store, and I think if you just enter HASA Rewards, you can download it. You can get it, put it on your phone. And basically what it allows you to do is it allows you to actually, when you purchase any HASA product, this is any HASA product. So if it's liquid chlorine, if it's muriatic acid, uh, or, you know, the HASA products like, uh, like our uh, HASA Algicide or, um, you know, the uh, EcoSafe Clarifier, things like that, that we have, whatever it is or the, um, the HLF, when you buy the HLF. Um, you take your invoice and you can immediately, uh, it's like taking a picture of the invoice and uh, it, gets entered, uh, it gets entered there. You get points and um, those points accumulate towards credit for at the distributor um, or for um, HASA gear, all sorts of things. And uh, also the... Uh, the rewards app will take you into all sorts of information, a lot of my videos, articles, educational materials, and we're going to continue to upgrade this thing and to put all kinds of incentives and rewards for our pros in this app. I suggest that you guys all go and register. Terry, I just registered while you were talking about it. I downloaded it, and it yeah. said that I, that I have a pallet uh, of liquid chlorine on my rewards. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, was, was, did you automatically do that just to kind of, you know, give me an incentive uh, yeah. to talk about it on the podcast? Yeah, or, or that is, could that, be, is, that is could it be possible? Is, is it giving uh, an error and just giving out pallets of chlorine away? I, I think that's an error. So uh, obviously we'll, uh, we'll look into that. Zach, I think you should uh, register because you might mine. get a pallet too. I got, so I got, um, check I got the, a bunch of, I got like four, of the liquidators coming my way, it says. Dang. 
Everybody, download this app. Download it now. <laughs> Disclaimer, we're kidding. We're kidding. The next thing you know, everybody's sitting there. And look at that. Jeanette, after 16 years, I divorced Sprint. It's been so nice to listen straight through with no drop. That is awesome, Jeanette. We're excited to uh, right. have you All be right. able to listen to the whole thing. And then and then Hokulea saying, cue Oprah, you get a palette and you get a palette. And, and that's what <laughs> Terry's doing right now. Terry's just dropping palettes to everybody out here. <laughs> right? There you go. So awesome. Hey, guys, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. Zach, John, when we come back, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyperpole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Did you know that one of the main reasons why small businesses fail is because owners are less in tune with how much revenue is generated by sales of product or services and the cost to provide this product or service. This leads to money shortfalls that can quickly put a small business out of operation. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Terry Arco from Hasa. We are talking about the liquidator, the Hasa app. We talked a little bit about the chlorine shortage and all of those things out there. Jeanette is saying over here, I better check my app. Yes, Jeanette, you might get two cases. I mean, two pallets of chlorine out there, maybe one okay. of chlorine and one of acid that would really kind of help you out through the summer. So by the way, while we were taking a word from our sponsors, I kind of went through the app and a very good looking app, Terry. Very, very Thank good you. looking app. So they, they yeah, did a great job at the time design. on that as well. Yeah. Great, great flow. So John, Zach, let's go into our final thoughts. And let me see. I'm going to go. With, you know what, Terry, you pick one of them and go with the final thoughts. Oh, pick one of them to go with. Let's go with John. There you go. Uh -oh. John. Final thoughts. No, look, all seriousness. And, you know, we talk about this from the very beginning. And not because Terry's a friend of the show. Liquid chlorine is by far, at least in my opinion, 
the best way to sanitize your pool. You know, we've been through it all. So we've used we've used a trichlor, we've used cow hypo, we've done tabs, we've done just about everything we can possibly put in our pool. And we fall to one product week after week that we see and we feel is the best by far for our pools, and that's liquid chlorine. And guys, look, less is more, especially when you're looking to, to take care of your pool, right? And as you understand the chemistry of the pool and the water and, and, and what goes into it and the side effects that, that a lot of the times the pitfall we fall in is it's simple and easy to put trichlor or throw a tab into a pool. And, you know, for many years, a lot of pool service companies have, have been doing that. But the effects, they don't really correlate it with, you know, you know that happened a year down the road or two years down the road and the, and the problems you're having with the pool. And I think our biggest focus and what we've been trying to really land the point across is, look, if you really understand, you know, what you're doing or what you're adding into the pool, you can see that it might seem easy right now or much easier to store a bunch of dry or a bunch of trichlor in your, in your warehouse or have it on your truck because you can have X amount. But in the long run, it's costing you, right? And it's just a lot harder to maintain a pool properly when you're adding all these other additives or adding a bunch of conditioner into your pool or you're adding tons of calcium into your pool. So just for us personally, I mean, like I'm saying is like, guys, chlorine by far, liquid gold is the way to go. And I just want to thank Terry again for coming on and, and you know, giving us his knowledge and kind of explaining it. And, you know, I've talked to people constantly every single week and we talk about it and everybody's always like, well, but, you know, liquid, I can't find it, I can't get it, or it's expensive, or it's not strong enough, or it's so much easier to just put Cal Hypo into the pool, or so much easier to just drop tabs into a pool. And I think we are making a dent, and I think people are finally starting to realize and see the benefits of adding chlorine or uh, liquid chlorine into a pool. And I'm super excited about the new liquidator that's coming out, and I'm looking forward to putting them on my pools and kind of giving them a test run and seeing how it goes. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but, you know, we talk chemistry all the time. But if you guys are going to add any type of chlorine into your pool, if you can do it, liquid chlorine is definitely the way to go. Great, great points. Zach, final thoughts? Well, I think you hit it, you know, about making a dent because I'm I'm an example of that. And it's the more and more I learn about liquid chlorine, the more I come to love it. You know, we're, we're trichlor tabs pretty much all over down here, but the more information I have on it, the more it just starts to make sense. And I'm trying to put the pieces together and figure out how we can start to implement liquid chlorine into our pools. And you know what, at the end of the day, it might be, you know, we might have to just make that move with everything that's going on. But, um, you know, another thing is, is Terry, you talked about this new liquidator and being easier to install. And I got to say, I installed one of the current models and it was so easy to install that it took me a while because I was constantly like rechecking things. I'm like, did I do this right? Because this was just, just too easy. And it really is a, a great, uh, a great system. So I'm super excited to get my hands on a, one of these new ones and try it out. And another thing I want to touch on is, is this whole pool Mageddon thing. And there's definitely some sort of pool Mageddon going on, but like you were saying, it's just been generalized to everything and that's not exactly the case. So thanks for coming on today, Terry, and, you know, clarifying some of these things, because as we always say, when we're armed with the correct information, we can make the proper adjustments to our businesses so that we can survive this event. And I, I talk to a lot of people in different parts of the industries and different businesses, 
and I, I kind of feel bad for the people working, you know, in the manufacturing and the distribution, the retail side of things, because they're taking a beating. And, you know, I'm hearing all these stories and I believe that it's because a lot of people either don't really understand the situation or, or don't even know of the situation. And so I just want to encourage everyone to make sure that we're still asking questions, we're sharing these details and, you know, try to have some patience because this is happening. We're in it, um, getting frustrated, getting mean, getting irritated with people. It's not really going to help anything. Um, so just everyone have some patience. And I know that we'll all get through the end of this. And, um, you know, last thing, I hope everyone's killing it out there. Yeah, Zach, I think, you know, a lot of guys are probably getting, you know, frustrated even at the pool stores and kind of doing that kind of stuff. And I think it's important that we kind of educate ourselves and we find out what all those problems are that are happening in not just our industry and everything around the world. And we're kind of living in a post-COVID era and that's going to be for a while. I, I really believe that it's going to probably be another year before we start to see some things start to kind of come back to normal. And then certain other things and aspects of our lives are going to change forever. But when it comes to the shortage and a lot of those things, until everything settles down and what you, everybody has to remember is we're seeing some progress here in the U.S., but there's other countries that aren't in the same situation that we're in. So if you have a country that provides raw materials or does any of that and they're still having COVID issues and they're having – then that's going to just extend it even longer. So – I know it's very difficult, but we have to be patient. You have to educate yourself. And then as we've been talking through the entire time, you have to change the way that you do business. The time of walking into a pool store and being able to get anything off the shelf and doing any of that, that has changed. So as a business owner, it's your responsibility to look at your business and figure out how you're going to change your business strategy so that you're not affected by that. I do have one more question, Terry, because I wanted you to kind of clarify it for just a second here before we go. And that is somebody asked, what is the pH of liquid? And I know the pH of liquid is what, 13, but can you talk really quick yeah. about how it drops? You're absolutely correct. Uh, the pH of liquid is 13 in containment in, in the bottle. Obviously, when you're pouring it into a pool, 10,000, 20,000 gallon pool, that doesn't correlate to 13 once you get the dilution factor going. Um, and basically, uh, you know, we always talk about liquid and, and the rise in, in pH. And there can be some increase or rise in pH from adding liquid to a pool, which primarily is going to be a result of the fact that it has sodium hydroxide in there. And the sodium hydroxide is what causes the increase of pH. However, as our good friend Bob Lowry has pointed out, and uh, there's lots of information on this now, uh, when you're adding that liquid to the pool and you're producing the killing agent of the liquid, which is hypochlorous acid, that, that hypochlorous acid uh, reacts with contaminants and it's also reacting to UV sunlight, which is coming in. And in that reaction, the hypochlorous acid disassociates into actually HCl, which is hydrochloric acid. And that hydrochloric acid is produced in equilibrium to the sodium hydroxide that's been added from the liquid. So you get 
and this is sort of a time factor, um, but you do get a net zero uh, equilibrium from that. So the pH increase is not as great as a lot of uh, people are thinking overall. And as Bob points out, um, if you've never used liquid before, and when you first start on liquid, you are going to experience some increase of pH, which you can adjust with muriatic. But once you're on liquid as a system and a maintenance system, that equilibrium and that reaction of hypochlorous acid to hydrochloric acid, balancing it out, uh, kicks in, and you really, really don't see uh, that great of a pH rise from liquid. Great. Thanks for that, Terry. So, Jay, we talk about it, and I will send you a link over to where we have Bob talking about how it doesn't affect the pH into the pool. So I'll send you that link so that you can have that over. And thanks for, thanks for that question. That was a great question that we kind of forgot to yeah. ask. So guys, we're at the end of the podcast. Terry, I want to thank you for taking your time. We always love having you on. That was a lot of great information today, by the way. I, I, I love that. And I am going to connect with you because we are overdue for shooting some videos and getting some information onto the Pullman University and onto sure. some of our other platforms. And I think this is the best time to do it and kind of talk about it out there. So Zach, John, as usual, guys, I want to thank you for your time. And I want you guys to know that every week that goes by, I get more excited about the pool show and for us to be able to hang out at the pool show. And Terry, I'm going to just kind of pull you in and say that now you got to be there. So um, I'd love I, to really, do it. Thank I you. really appreciate yeah. it. It's going to be fun. You bet. Thanks. Thank, so, thanks, Terry. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. guys. Have a good one. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for, PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry, a pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.